Welcome to this episode of the Young Adult Ministry Podcast with Kenny, Chris, and me, Jeremy. We are starting a journey now, guys, through a book entitled Young Adult Ministry Now, A Growing Young Guide by Stephen Argue and the Fuller Youth Institute. And today we wanted to start that conversation by looking at the introduction, talking about why we're picking up this book to talk through it and some of the opportunities for connection with it in coming weeks. So, uh, Kenny, do you want to get us started? What's what's the event that's coming up in a few weeks with FYI? Yeah, so May 23rd, they have an online young adult leader training. You can pay for it online through their websites. Um, you can gather a group of people and get a discount. Just contact them about all that. Maybe Jambi, but I was a part of this last year. It's good stuff. Um, it's a reference that I've been coming back to throughout the year. And so that was kind of the proposal was let's talk through this. Let's use this as a monthly resource. Other people can journey with us. You can buy the book. If you register for the training, you get an ebook of young adult ministry now. And so that's what I'm looking at. Um, but you can just buy this book and, and, and follow along with our discussion. We're not reading this. This, this is intellectual property. Um, we're not trying to copyright violate anything we're just sharing what we've learned and observations from this and and um our our thoughts and reflections on the content i know in that introduction is just the that demographic of you know gen z now represents 20 percent of our population in the u.s anyway um but only 10 percent of our church population so there's there's obviously you know, and, and this is like a perennial sort of thing to talk about or say is like, yeah, young adult ministry is always a thing. And all we're always trying to figure out generally, generationally, you know, for years, my 50 years of life in the church, you know, I feel like we've always been trying to figure out, okay, how do we connect with young adults? How do we um, make sure we don't lose them? But obviously more and more that, you know, we're losing them, so to speak. Um but that that's just that was just for me a way to look, yeah, if only ten if if they represent twenty percent of our everyday world, but only ten percent of them are in the church, I mean, that's a problem. What are we doing about that? how do we how do we crack that nut? Yeah, I appreciated some of the like graphs that they have at the very beginning uh, here in the introduction about. Um, the percentage of young adults that are in church. I think one of the big things that comes out in the introduction chapter is just how important this is, which if you're picking up this book and reading it, if you're listening to this podcast, it is important to you. That's why you're engaging in this content, uh, but that it is something that also is in a lot of ways under-resourced, which is not I think news for most of us, uh, but is enlightening to see that reality that for those engaged in young adult ministry, that a lot of them, it is one of many hats that you wear either as a, as a pastor um, on staff or as a volunteer leader, but then also that not only in terms of like the time dedicated to it by church leaders, but then also the financial budget 
they say that the median annual budget for a young adult ministry was between $501 and $1,250, which is... I got a budget this year, and it falls within that range on the lower end locally for our, as a volunteer at our local church. We finally like have that. And I'm grateful for the advocate on staff that's, that's done that, but it requires having that champion. Yeah. So yeah. Cause it's, yeah. I mean, that's the median, but that includes 12% who have over $10,000 a year. And that includes 30% who have uh, of those in their study, 30% of those leading young adult ministry saying they have no budget, uh, which means that everything is either donated by them or uh, by others in order to make it happen. Um, So I think, yeah, again, I, I don't know if that's news to anybody who is engaged in young adult ministry, but just the recognizing that fewer and fewer numbers of young adults are engaged in the church. And while we say that it's a priority, how are we communicating that in terms of where we're allocating time and resources? It looks kind of different. Yeah, I was just going to mentioned too that let's talk about you know the fact that it's rare to come across someone who young adult ministry is their whole thing like that's really what they're focused on and that's really their title as a staff pastor or whatever at a church like that's pretty rare um to have someone like a jeremy height you know and i know you have multiple responsibilities you know in trebecca community church that you're a part of and stuff like that um, but I was just hanging out with Adam Cheek at Richardson Naz, northern suburb of Dallas. Um, I can think of a few others who have that like singular title, so to speak, of college young adult pastor or something like that. But for most people, they're either volunteer like Kenny, or um, you know, it's one of many, you know, whenever I talk to somebody and they're like, Yeah, I'm young adult ministry and outreach, I'm young adult ministry and um, worship. I'm young adult ministry and, you know, facilities. Um, what I find is young, young adult ministry takes a backseat usually as far as the way their weekly time gets divvied out. Um, it would be the lowest priority as far as what they're expected to do on staff. So anyway, just kind of reinforcing or articulating that, that, that is the case for most you know, most churches that are going to try to engage in young adult ministry in some form or fashion. Um, but I want us to be careful to, th- to see that not necessarily as a disadvantage. That's not necessarily um, a bad thing. I, I'm seeing some, some good things about leveraging volunteers um, or getting other people involved in young adult ministry I think. So anyway, I do, I guess I just want to take a moment to say where, wherever you're at, as a listener or whoever in, you know, your role, whether paid, part-time, totally volunteer, whatever, um, there's, there's pros and cons to all kinds of these different arrangements and approaches to ministry. So don't feel like you're, you know, at a huge disadvantage just because you're a volunteer in this area of ministry. Cause I'm seeing a lot of some of the better things I'm seeing happen in some churches actually are, or because key lay people are volunteers and and doing some cool things. Sorry to interrupt the train of thought there, but yeah, no, that was good. 
why should we invest in young adults if they're only 10% of the church <laughs> and they're not tithing and maybe they're volunteering and they don't show up for stuff and they're really busy. And like, why should we put any of the effort that we're putting in to college ministry, to young adult ministry, when there's such a trans transitory time of life that's so tumultuous, so unpredictable for them, let alone for us. And now we're like trying to do church ministry with them. Why should we even bother? And who is this guy that showed up on the podcast? I don't know who it is. I don't, who, who am I? I feel like I just have an identity crisis. But I find myself asking those questions as I'm looking at this going, oh, it's 10% of the church. Uh, well, let's focus on the people that are actually going to be producers here. So I'm in a conference right now, a collegiate ministry conference, the EDM 23 conference at Fort Worth. Um, one of the phrases I keep hearing is, and it's a mixture of college or church-based ministry leaders, as well as campus-based ministry leaders. So there's people from like crew and InterVarsity and Navigators and Chi Alpha and whatever, as well as people who are on staff at churches as a college pastor, college young adult pastor. Um, but this phrase I keep hearing is that college college age young adults are the most recruitable, trainable, sendable humans on the planet. And that they're just absolutely uh, like a critical um human resource you know so to speak a demographic so i think in that sense they're critical i also think in terms of like from a former youth pastor kind of standpoint like i've invested so much time and energy and ministry into students i don't want that to just you know evaporate into the the ether of you know, once they enter this next stage of life that, that we have nothing for them. So I think that's another reason we just have to be uh, intentional uh, about engaging college and adult ministry and not just delegating it to, you know, our Nazarene schools, as well as any parachurch organizations, or just that whole idea of, um, yeah, they're going to go crazy for a little bit, but they'll get married and have kids and we'll see them in a few years. So anyway, um, I think we just, we have to be intentional because they're so, um, they're so critical and because we love them and because we've invested in them. And, um, you know, so there's lots of reasons. I think we, we really have to be concerned about this 10%, um, you know, and the return on investment, like you said, is not immediate. And that's why it's so hard to, for a church to prioritize financial resources for young adult ministry, because, they don't tend to start tithing until they settle down and get good jobs and start having kids and whatever. Um, but even that is, and that's not necessarily true. I think that's a myth. Um, I mean, there's a lot of Gen Z right now that are making some decent incomes and giving substantially and start, you know, doing amazing startups, um, entrepreneurial kinds of things. So that's also a myth too, that they have no, you know, financial skin in the game so to speak but anyway i'll get off that rant well, i think it's also one of those kind of self-fulfilling prophecies that um you know it's the proverbial saying that like within business that if you don't invest or like why would we invest in educating and pouring into and mentoring somebody 
because they might go somewhere else and work somewhere else. And then the feedback is, well, what if you don't and they stay um, to where then it becomes this proverbial thing where we say like, oh, they, those young people, we can't trust them with responsibility. Why waste our time investing in them or giving them responsibility? Um, so then we don't ask anything of them and either they go somewhere else and prove us right, or they stay and they prove us right. Um, that either we train them up and they leave, or we don't train them up and they don't live up to their full potential. I think that's true in leadership in a variety of different ways, but also for our emerging generations where are we giving them space to, we talked about this a lot on this podcast, giving them space to lead, to do ministry with, to do what all of us and all previous generations have done of, of, of going through trial and error and figuring out not only how to engage in the work of the kingdom of God, but also to just be children of God uh, first and foremost. So I think some of it is a self-fulfilling prophecy that we don't ask much and then we're proven right. And to so also I, contradict bizarro world, negative, pessimistic Kenny, um, in my in my paid young adult pastor position remotely with with Shepherd, uh, this is a pipeline of leadership that Shepherd is a Nazareth Compassion Ministry Center is making an investment, and with over a hundred people on staff, twenty five percent of those who had an experience as a summer intern as a year-long fellow, as a young adult, um, somewhere between 18 and 25 years old, that is then hired to shepherd because they um, wanted to be a part of the mission, because they wanted to invest. To me, it's been fun to be a part of that but at a, at, and, and see that play out at an organizational level over the last 20 years, not just the last you know five or 10 um, but locally, as uh, previously as a youth pastor at the church where I'm now a volunteer, work you know do, networking with young adults and and leaders of young adults, um, I do see the stickiness of when people of different generations are in relationship, and when they're serving together, and when they have longevity and community together. Like there's a bond that happens in in the midst of that. And so I felt icky a little bit ago as I was like saying those things, you know, even just playfully and tongue in cheek of like, what's the point and why is it worth it? And should we even make the investment? Well, the question I want to ask as a kingdom dweller and as a missioner is, what are my metrics of investment? If it is money, if it is time, if it is, if, if, if it is like, um, what are they doing for us? Hard pressed to find that metric within the gospels. Hard pressed yeah. to find that in the New Testament. Hard pressed to find that in the message of Jesus's invitation of if you're a good producer, then this is going to work out great for you. I'm pretty sure that the arc of the good news actually contradicts that with uh, you can't earn this. It's about relationship and the relationship that God has towards towards us. So I think with young adult ministry um, lenses, 
we need to reframe our paradigm of what young adult ministry is. This is one of the questions I'm going to ask in the workshop tomorrow when we get started is, tell me what young adult ministry is. Because I think we're working with multiple different definitions. And maybe if we come in at it from an individual and then a church a church community and an overall general sense of what young adult ministry is, um, we, we can get somewhere. But if young adult ministry is, we don't have, we, here's how many young adults we have coming to our church. Here's how many we don't have coming. Here's who we have hired for that. Here's who we don't. If those are the definitions of young adult ministry, um, our metrics are in the tank. But if it's about relationship and how we're angling towards some of those kingdom values and the fruits of the spirit, like the church is going to be here without us. I wonder sometimes if young adults aren't just waiting for, they're just biding their time, waiting for folks that are in the way and just want stuff from them to move on one way or another. And then the Holy Spirit is going to, you know, generate the incarnation of the gospel through his church and the synergy that's there in the present conditions and culture. And I have a great hope in that. So maybe it's our view of what young adult ministry is that needs to be critiqued on what the metrics then will be that we focus on. That's good. So at the end of this introduction, they say, and I quote, these are not my words. These are from Fuller Youth Institute and from their book, Young Adult Ministry Now, that you can purchase. Now to sponsor. They say, take heart. We see you. We know your time is divided. We suspect your budget is limited. Duh. We believe in your care for young adults. You champions out there. We're convinced your church wants to support young adults, even if they're not thinking about it. And we're willing to bet that young adults are searching for caring people in communities just like you. Like, aren't we all? Young adults want to connect with people and have genuine relationship. They, they need it with peers. They need it with people that are farther along the journey than them. And to me, that's what I embrace as my sacred duty and, and vocation in all the ways that that plays out as a volunteer and, and professionally is how am I connecting young adults to Christ and to other people into the vocational mission that he may be shaping them to be a part of in this world. Now, young adult ministry. Now, Can I give a uh, attempt at a real world, real world application of of this. Need it. We need it. I Bring think. it. So I've been having some young adults in our church talk about how um, they would love more opportunities to be able to lead in some ministry areas uh, one specifically who was like i like i would love to be able to get more experience and lean into the, the pastoral calling that i feel uh, and to be able to preach some and for the several years that i've been here at trek community church you know we're in nashville and there's tons of worship gatherings for young adults to go and have time of prayer and worship. And so that's one thing that we haven't done at our church. We have worship gatherings Sunday mornings with the whole congregation, the whole church family. Um, and we have Bible studies and service opportunities, discipleship, but never seemed like we needed another worship service. But as I've been talking with some of these young adults, we are 
literally before this we recording this, I was meeting uh, with some of them, dreaming up not a worship gathering for young adults, but a worship gathering by young adults, where um, me and one or two others will be kind of like team captains, but in terms of times of worship, uh, through music and art, through preaching and through prayer stations and opportunities to uh, spend time in prayer and contemplation. We're going to have a, we're dreaming up a ongoing uh, or like a regularly scheduled gathering that the goal is not to get people in a room, though we will invite people into a room. The benchmark is, can we, can we create a gathering that allows young adults whether they feel called to pastoral ministry, but that want to help lead in worship or who are really passionate about spiritual practices. And for those who feel called to preach and are looking for opportunities to preach, um, that this whole gathering is focused on equipping young adults for ministry within a segment of ministry. There's a lot that can be done. Um, so that's what we're we're dreaming up and, and uh, someone was talked about, well, this sounds, you know, like the idea of like being coming together, being breathed in and then being breathed out. And so I think where we're going to land with the name is Numa. And I've, I've heard that it's a good name. It seems like, I don't know when I think of Numa, I just think of like, I smell really good coffee. So I don't know why Chris. It's, it's inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, one of the big things I'll be working on this summer. And uh, now, later, I would appreciate your get like, it's a, uh, it's something where if we move forward with it, we'll end up being a big part of my weekly rhythms um, in a way that excites me because it's not going to be taking up a lot of my weekly rhythms as a, a full-time vocational pastor in terms of planning an event but it'll be working with a team and by virtue of just kind of showing up right before COVID, I haven't had the opportunity to create some really vibrant teams in my areas of ministry with uh, compassion ministry and young adult ministry. So um, I'm looking forward to the possibilities of that. Uh, and every young adult that I've talked to so far about the potential of kind of being on a rotation to help lead worship or preach or like, um, they're excited about so we're talking about doing it in a different space in the building it's a little bit more intimate that we're willing to lean into the awkward um and kind of provide the space to be equipped and connect with people and especially being on college campus uh yeah doing having a different why is the thing we keep on coming back to like there's lots of worship services in any major city but um this one having a more specific why where the the why is honestly not the people who show up to be a part of it. Like though that is important, but the like the benchmark why is equipping those who want to be able to uh, get some experience leading in some some different ways in terms of uh, ministry. I like it, and you segued right into like sharing with us uh, uh, about that as an example coming out of the introduction of the book here, which is great. I'm glad that was a, a fitting example. It, it reminds me some that's something that's similar started up locally here in our district by college church. They call it downtown. They do it every other week. I might've shared this with you guys. I can't remember, but 
it's it's done by leaders a lot of them are late 20s and early 30s um but they're doing it for young adults because these are young adults that are a lot of them are serving different places and it's a ministry it's a community on mission from college church so they're doing it for people outside of the walls and the attendance and the gathering of the church they were like we're going to do something for young adults anyway so why not open it up to any and all young adults that want to be a part of it and what if that young adult is serving in another church they may not get an opportunity to soak or to connect relationally because they're so engaged as a volunteer but they could come be a part of this as kind of a neutral space and so they do it at a different venue than college church and they have a discussion night one time and then they have like a worship night with a little devotion teaching and then they i mean they've done different things they had like an easter party um they, they did one on Easter, which was really interesting. And they're really engaged with like, who are going to be the young adults that are going to be a part of this when Northwest Nazarene University's not in session or that it's on holiday for something? Like, who, how can we create this as a community resource relationally? So it's a different kind of the leadership track that you're creating for young adults to be able to express those things and then other people benefit from it. Like locally as a church, I, I love that. I see the the connectivity between this local church that did that, some things that we're doing, networking leaders on the district, and then um, with Lead Young that's trying to do some leadership development kind of pipeline, pipeline stuff. You're doing it locally, Jeremy. You get to do that. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that vision with us. I'm I'm really excited for the possibility and to and just seeing the excitement in conversations with several of the young adults that we've talked to about being in leadership positions with this um is uh yeah, got me excited. Yeah, that's cool. I think the it sounds like one of the tricks is going to be sort of balancing the why. I think with the how Mm. yeah uh, you know and making it a win-win on both sides of that equation so it is a leadership development kind of piece but it also meets a need and it also creates opportunities through fellowship hospitality evangelism discipleship mobilizing um for mission and stuff like that yeah very cool yeah, well, TBD, the uh, currently what we're planning on tagging it as is uh, NUMA, a worship gathering by Tribeca Young Adults. We kind of like all of our season of life based minute is like Tribeca colon kids or teens, young adults. So um, while it is focused on young adults as the gathering, uh, it's yeah we're dreaming up what it would also look like to that it, it would be for anybody who wants to show up for it but try to find that balance between having a a focus in what we're doing um because i think if you do something for everybody then you end up having something that doesn't that struggles to connect with anybody so um yeah I'm looking forward to that. We'll be I'm going to be working on that, putting the team together for that um, over the summer and see where that lands in the fall and setting realistic, like sustainable rhythms in terms of how often we do it. But I'm excited for it. 
Why? Because as they say in young adult ministry now, we need young adult ministry now because young adults need us now. This is in green. It's in light green in the introduction part of the book here. And we need young adult ministry now because we need young adults now. I love I love the highlighted part. The, the next one is it's because you care about young adults. And we do. I love hanging out with young adults. I was at College of Idaho yesterday, hanging out with the college chaplain there and closing out the semester with the students that join for lunch community. I just really enjoy that. Um, but this line here, because you care, perhaps your church is hoping you'll crack the code on young adult ministry. Cracking the code, finding the silver bullet. Well, fellas, closing out today's introduction to young adult ministry now, picking up next time with chapter one. Until next time. Hey, keep failing forward. Be present. And be teachable.